Are you ready, Stephanie? I'm ready. This is Going Boldly, the podcast. Here's your host, Russ the Big Guy. Hi, it is Russ the Big Guy. I'm a lifelong entrepreneur who is very familiar with the struggles and successes related to running a business. I know it is definitely worth the struggle. The freedom and unlimited potential keep me moving forward, fueled by my why. Aligned with that is my desire to share with you, the entrepreneur and aspiring business owner, entertainment, information, inspiration, and even transformation into an even more amazing entrepreneur and human. To those ends, please enjoy this episode of Going Boldly. Well, it's Russ again, and uh, this is going to be one of our exciting midweek bonus episodes. Uh, our guest in here is just a little bit nervous. This is, uh, <laughs> she hasn't done an awful lot of podcasts yet, but uh, I think, I hope that she'll uh, be very excited about them after she leaves here because it is the future after all. So um, we are going to be talking today about Stephanie Krummenacker. Good job. Thank Got you. It. It. <laughs> Stephanie is the owner of Media Brush Marketing. Uh, Stephanie's going to talk to us about marketing and give us some actionable tips, which is what this is all about. But we're also going to find out about Stephanie because uh, Stephanie has an interesting story and I think she could be an inspiration for other people. So our regular episodes kind of cover a lot of this stuff, but we're going to give you both today. Uh, the most important thing for our midweek episodes here is to make sure that you, the listener, get some actionable tips, some things that will actually help drive your business uh, in marketing in general, specifically in advertising often. And, um, and, and uh, we're going to give you some um, we're going to give you some evidence, let's say that the, that they're actually working. So it's not like, Somebody's trying to sell you a pile of crapola um, if you're, uh, you know, on social media and uh, they're going to promise you seven figures in 30 days or whatever. We're not doing that. We're giving you some real world examples and uh, hopefully you'll be able to put them into uh, good use in your business. So welcome, Stephanie. Hi. All right. How are you feeling so far? I'm great. All right. That buildup wasn't nerve wracking at all. <laughs> Well, um, I want to make sure when people jump on this episode that they know what we're doing. And, uh, you know, people don't always listen um, at, from the beginning on through, right? So True. I've had a bunch of these already. Yeah. Um, just want to make sure people know what we're doing and, and why we're doing it. One of the things that I found out about you is that um, you are a good example of going boldly. So you started your business in your home, like many entrepreneurs, many solopreneurs, right? You started yes. in your home and then... Um, so, like, what happened? Like, and you're a transplant too. I am. Yes. So, I'm, and I'm, and you you're new to you're a new business owner. I am. Oh my yes, gosh, we should go above. way back then. All the above. All right, let's go back to uh, you were born as poor Southern girl. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was born in Arkansas. Yeah. So no, I I moved to the the area four years ago. My husband was living in the area, working in the area, and traveling back and forth. I was in Memphis, Tennessee, and I had moved to Memphis just a few years earlier. I enjoyed a 20 year career with corporate broadcast TV companies before I decided to go out on my own and open my own agency. You were behind the scenes. I was behind the scenes. I did not like being on camera. This, this Southern accent or a microphone to, or a microphone. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So, um, but yeah, so I like to be behind the scenes. I loved 
honestly, the being a part of news organizations and, uh, but I really loved maximizing the tools that we had for local business owners. So my career was built on helping local business owners grow their bottom line through the marketing advertising tools that we had through the TV companies that I worked for. And some of that was traditional television advertising. Obviously that was a big piece of it, but in the later years of my career, the last um, seven, eight years of that career, it was also about how we partner those with partner that traditional TV advertising with the digital tools that were becoming more available, more accessible and more affordable for small business owners. So when you were working for a traditional broadcast organization, you sort of kind of had to promote their product. Right. Did you really think it was still valuable? I did because I saw it work time and time again. And I okay. still do today. All right. I mean, our agency, we started as a digital marketing agency, but because of my traditional media background, as client needs have arisen, we have become more and more and more, uh, you know, a traditional slash digital, a tradigital, if you want to, you know, oh. I've never, I haven't heard it that one yet. You know, did you just make that up or is that a saying? Okay. I saw that somewhere. Say it again. Tradigital. Tradigital. There you go. I like that. I'm going to write it down. New word for you. So we, you know, we, we really help our clients look at their end goals. You know, what do they want to do at the end of the day? And then we look at all of the tools that we have available, traditional and digital and say, okay, what can your budget, how can we maximize your budget? to achieve what you want to achieve and what tools are really the best tools to get us there the most efficiently. Got it. All right. So uh, let's go back to um, uh, Memphis. Yeah. All right. So it's time to leave Memphis. Yes. Why, what happened? So my husband and I had the conversation about basically we've been married for five years, living in two cities and it was somebody has to pick a lane, right? Somebody has oh. to. So we were both working in television, both doing very similar jobs, and we really didn't want to work for each other or with each other because we like each other too much. Okay. So um, I made the decision to step out of television and work for a digital agency. I did that for the first two years that I was here in the Binghamton area. And then after being on a plane all the time and deciding mm. that wasn't really desirable either, made the decision to go out on my own and open my own agency. Yeah. And you started in your home. In my home, in the basement, just me by myself, me and a laptop. Yeah. And it went from there. How, how long did it take you? So eight, eight, nine months later, I started working, looking, started yeah. looking for my first employee and she joined me um, a year after I started. And then our second employee joined us six months later. And then our third employee um, joined us just a few months ago. So two and a half years it, it first yeah. year was just all me. And the last year and a half, we've grown to three more employees. When and did you leave the basement? We left the basement March 17th of this year. Did you go right into the offices that you're in now? Right into the offices we're in and now. And you've expanded twice already. We've, we've, I think we're, we're, we're in the midst of planning our next <laughs> phase. Yes. So we will be expanding. <laughs> breaking through the walls. Yeah. Breaking through the walls next spring. So that's Oh my exciting. gosh. Yeah. So maybe I should sublet from you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's chat. Let's chat. All right. We'll talk about it after I'm thinking about um, relocating um, because of some things that are going on here. And uh, I do like it here, but, you know, we got to keep moving on. All right. So um, I like what you were saying about combining uh, traditional and digital. And also one of the things that I picked up on was that uh, something that you wrote, business owners did not start their business to become a marketing expert. That is correct. (laughs) How true that is. All right. They embarked on the journey 
due to a passion for the product or service they offer. And let me tell you, that movement started growing Mm pre-COVID. And of course, people sitting at home, furloughed or fired or whatever term they're giving, whatever they did to all the employees, a lot of people decided to retire. Many people changed industries. Right. And uh, a huge number started their own business. Right. So they're really going to love what you have to say and really like, uh, you know, this idea. Now, these people have a passion for their product or service. How about you? Why aren't you making, why aren't you like gator wrestling or manufacturing, you know, shoehorns or whatever? Like, you know, because you were in this young, maybe it wasn't necessarily your choice. Sometimes we fall into things or... I I totally fell into this. So I have an accounting degree. I was supposed to be a CPA right now. My dad's really bummed I'm not doing his taxes for the rest of his life. (laughs) Do his own. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's bummed about that. But, you know, I I honestly, out of college, couldn't find an accounting job. Yeah. Where I was living in a very rural area and they just didn't exist. I wasn't like in a, you know, a community with a big six accounting firm. Yeah, sure. And got a job at a local radio station selling advertising. Oh. And I ended up loving it. And so when I left that community, rather than looking for an accounting job, I looked for another marketing and advertising job at a media outlet, ended up at a television station and had the opportunity to grow with that TV company in multiple cities and multiple markets and just loved, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an eternal student. So yeah. the cool thing about th- the job that I've always had and the job I continue to hold today is that I get to have conversations with local business owners and learn about what they're doing. So I, I get to ask a lot of questions. I get to research a lot about what they're doing. I mean, my goal is to really know as much as I can possibly know without having, you know, without going to school for it. Right. So I I work with dental implant doctors and, um, I have a local client who sells, um, kitchen remodels and hearth. I didn't know anything about fireplaces or hearth or the difference in pellet stoves. You know, I get, I get to learn all these things about these local businesses and the services they offer and the people they talk to and get to pick their brains. And how exciting is that, that no day, you know, no two days are the same because you're having a different conversation every single day with a different business owner. And then our team gets to take that information. We get to dig into that, look at their marketplace, learn about communities all across the country because we have clients all across the country and figure out how do we connect that story of that local business to the consumers they want to speak with, to the, you know, the potential patients or potential um, home homeowners or whatever the case may be. Yeah. And it's, it's a lot of fun to me. That's because I'm the eternal student. So I literally get to learn things all the time and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. And so you've had that curiosity. Had, did you, did you have that curiosity back when you were selling? Was it there then? Yes, it was. Absolutely. I mean, it's always been a piece of, you know, I, I think, I think great media salespeople, they like to know the answers, right? They like to dig, they like to ask questions. They're, they're students themselves. I think if you don't, have the right conversations on the front end, it doesn't allow you to do the best job you can for your clients and become a quote unquote successful salesperson. I think it starts mm. with asking great questions and listening. Yeah, it, it really does. And it's interesting because sales is one of those jobs where there seems like there are forever and always there are openings. Right. And it's one of those areas kind of like um, real estate, I think, mm-hmm. or selling automobiles. Right. It's like they always, there's always, they're always looking for more of those people. And it seems like it attracts folks who are kind of lost or in between or mm-hmm. can't find their, their job. Right. But 
that's not usually the best way to find a salesperson, a professional salesperson, because it's, you know, yeah, it's a very specific kind right. of personality. Like right. you said, you have to have the curiosity and you have yes. to have the self-confidence because essentially you're kind of like in a little mini business of your own usually, right? right? If right. you don't sell, you don't eat. Um, exactly. Nobody's going to pay you to continually not bring in clients. Exactly. So commission or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, draw all those terms that if you're in sales, you know what I'm talking about. To your point, I think you have to be curious. You have to be confident, but you also have to be humble enough to know that you don't know everything, right? So you have to be willing to truly listen. So not just ask the questions, but really actively listen to what the answers are. And that allows you again to become, it allows you to become a part of that client's team. I mean, really that, and that's really our agency's goal is to be the internal marketing team without you having to add to payroll. Yeah. Well, for small businesses, especially, that's really important. Right. So your rates are low enough where they won't be scared and they won't run away. Right. Well, we try really hard to make sure that we're super competitive in that way. Um, All right. That's awesome. So let's get down to the nitty gritty here. We want to provide our listeners with some tangible things they can can sink their teeth into, want to hire someone like yourself to help them with it? Or I think they kind of like to know what's going on first. We're very self-sufficient. So we like to drive stuff ourselves. We like to be out front. It's tough for us to, a lot of us to delegate, right? but we like to kind of know how things work before we have other people do them. I imagine you in the basement. Yes. Talk to yourself. Like who, who's that Stephanie in the basement? She needs to know this stuff. Well, so I really went. (laughs) Like it doesn't sound very glamorous. Uh, um, Speak to Stephanie in the lower level family room, in the lower level executive office. (laughs) Well, here's the deal. As I was thinking about what I might chat with you about today, I really thought about, again, all of those local business owners that I've met over the years in various cities. And The thing is, back to what you shared earlier, business owners did not get into the business they're in because they wanted to be a marketing expert. It really is an almost a necessary evil, right? So you, you can open the door, but if you don't tell people what you're doing behind the door, if you don't welcome them in, if you don't ask them to come visit you, you're, you're not going to be able to keep the doors open, right? Yeah. I think that for a lot of small business owners, when they first start, they're very excited about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And the best way for someone to really uh, get someone on your side or believe in your story, let's say, is is that passion and that belief that the individual has. So the entrepreneurs are always very excited, new business owners, they believe in what they're doing, and, and it's easy for them to share their passion with people one-on-one. Right. Right. And so now you have to go beyond that. Right. And that's where, that's where we have to really understand, you know, th- their business, their values, how they're going to communicate Right. And, what, and where you're headed. Right. And so I think a lot of business owners, they speak with individuals. They speak with, um, you know, whether it's colleagues who are doing a similar thing, you know, have a similar type business or they're in these networking groups and they hear somebody did something that's successful. I think it's really easy as small business owners to kind of like hear the one-off successes and think, oh, yeah. I should do that. Oh, I should do that. Oh, I should do that. Oh, it's like the shiny object, chasing the shiny object. Totally and, and if you're on social object. media, your head will be jumbled. Exactly. And there's so much information available online that again, as you start reading, you think, oh, I should do that. Oh, I should do that. Yeah. So my, my tip is really, it boils down to one word. I'll break it down to three tips, but really it boils down to one word. You've got to focus. So many business owners are so busy with all that they have to do that it's tough 
to focus their marketing efforts and their marketing message. And so I, I'm going to just share three specific, again, take a, take a step back and think about who you really are and what you're really doing. Here's three specific ways to bring the focus back okay. to, to deliver a successful business plan. Okay. All right. Number so one. First one is you've got to find a category that you can own. Okay, you've yeah. got, you, I mean, here's the deal. I'm going to, I'm going to play a little game with you. Are you willing to play a game? Absolutely. All right. So I want you to name three fast food restaurants. All right. Three fast food restaurants. McDonald's. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm going to say Checkers. Okay. Do you know Checkers? I do know Checkers, but I'm surprised <laughs> that you, that's a good one, but I'm surprised. I ate a answer. lot of meals at Checkers All when right. I was down South. Yes. And, uh, oh, let's go with, uh, well, if we do another Southern one, do I do Bojangles? Bojangles. Are they still around? That is, they are still around. These are both nods to you. I, I could have gone with the Northern yeah, stuff, but so, we have our first Popeyes in the area too, by the way. Yes, 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 we do. All right. So three fast food restaurants. So you, you name McDonald's, Bojangles, and, and yeah, checkers. checkers. Taco Bell might fit the list. <laughs> Burger King, Sonic, right? Yeah. All those. I, I picked Northern restaurants because I didn't know you'd be so, in, you know, educated on Southern <laughs> restaurants. But anyway. Okay, so now I'm going to play the same game with you. Okay. But we're going to focus a little bit. Very good. Let's focus. Ready? Yeah. Three fast food chicken restaurants. All right. So we, I think we can go back to uh, Popeye's. Yes. And um, uh, oh, I was going to say Arthur Treacher's Fish and Chips. That shows how old I am, but there's no chicken there. That was fish. <laughs> uh, I don't know why they just came to my mind. Uh, what? Did, which one did I say? You said Popeye's. Popeye's. All right. Popeye's right. and then um, the Colonel. KFC. Right? Yeah. And uh, let's see, what's another What's another chicken one? Oh, come on. You're not going to pick the biggest chicken southern chain ever? Um, uh-oh. Chick-fil-A. I've, oh, Chick-fil-A. Do you know I've never eaten at Chick-fil-A? Oh, you've, you've been cheated, my friend. Yeah. Cheated. Well, I heard that, but. Cicero. It's an hour and five minutes away. I know this because we go there probably once a month. Oh, okay. For Chick-fil-A. For Chick okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll check it out. All right. Okay. So the reason I play that game with you is because Chick-fil-A, which didn't make yeah. it last. Well, but, I, I don't but know. But KFC. Well, let's just I don't. You know, the only reason, I guess, I, I don't know why I didn't think of it. Actually, I've never been to it, and that's right. probably why. Probably why. But yeah. KFC. Let's talk about KFC. Everybody knows so KFC. Everybody everywhere. knows, and it's a fast food restaurant, right? Is that a PepsiCo company? Or do it, we know? It is or? a PepsiCo company. Okay. Very good. So, but KFC is a fast food restaurant, and it could have easily made your first list, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it, frankly, it's one of the oldest fast food restaurants. It would have, except I had already said um, uh, Popeye's right. because of the right. first question. So. But, but, so the, but as we narrow, yeah. it allows us a new list in our brain, right? Yeah. So there's basically files in our brain for these different categories. Mine are all messed up. <laughs> But, I'm over 50. <laughs> but but all that being said, as as you narrow down the niche that your file can be, right? As you yeah. find your niche. Yeah. So let's just go back to, I'm going to talk about some of my dental clients, right? Because I've worked with lots of medical clients and, and um, elective medical clients throughout the years. So you can be a dentist. Yes. You can be a cosmetic dentist. Yes. You can be a dental implant specialist. Yes. Right? And in our brain, there's a different file for each of those categories. Okay. So how many dentists are there in the area? Right? Tons. Tons. Yeah. But how many cosmetic dentists are there? I have no idea. Fewer. Never then, used one. And then if you if you needed a dental implant doctor and you Googled that, you're going to mm. find even a, a more narrow 
focus, right? Yeah. So you can't be all things to all people. And I think a lot of business owners, again, they see the success of others. They see these shiny objects in the corner and they think, oh, I could add that to my roster of services or I could add that to my product line or I could do that too. And I've been guilty of it as well. I'll have a client call and say, hey, can you design this for me? And I'll yeah. say, we've never done that before, but we can try. And then we get into the project. And I'm like, okay, this is why we don't do this because this is not our niche. This is not our focus. This is not our talent. So you've really got to, you've got to find that niche, the category that you can own in the mind of the consumer. And then you've just got to hound on that. Now that doesn't mean you don't offer these other products and services once they pick up the phone and call you or get through the door, but you've got to get them through the door. And the most efficient, cost efficient way to do that is to own a specific space. I mean, you really have to visualize it as, hey, there's like 10 different mountains out there you could own. You've got to pick the one that's, you know, you've got to plant your flag in the one that really will drive the bottom line for you. Not only that, that will drive the bottom line for you, but that you excel in the most. So does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense for me. You know? yeah. and, and there's a book called Riches and Niches by Susan Friedman. And she talks about, she, she, she calls these individuals nichepreneurs. So you're not an entrepreneur, you're a nichepreneur because you're really hounding your expertise, your focus on that one specific area. So stop, stop trying to be all things to all people and own your niche, plant your flag in that hill and don't let anybody else take it. Okay. All sounds right. good. So there's number one. All right. So number two on how to focus your marketing efforts. Okay. Is that you really have to decide who you're talking to. Yeah. You know, so many business owners that I sit down and chat with, when I get to the question of who is your customer, can you guess what their answer is? Everybody, everybody, everybody always says everybody. And yeah. I, so I don't even let them say that anymore. I say, <laughs> look, I know you, I know everybody could yeah. be your customer. I know everybody could be your patient. I know everybody could be your client. However, yeah. if you had to paint a picture for me of 60% plus of the people who walk through the door or pick up the phone or email you, who, what does that person look like? Who are they? What do they own? Where do they live? How many kids do they have? Are they blue collar? Are they white collar? Um, you know, what kind of is, so from a, from a marketing perspective, you know, what kind of business do they own? What kind of service are they asking you for? So paint me a full picture of who that person is and stop focusing on those individuals that don't fit that profile. All right. So some questions for, for you yep. from our listeners. Okay. Yep. Let's say we have a couple categories of listeners. Yep. We have, um, we have an existing business owner right. who doesn't know. They say they don't know. Right. So where do they go to get that information? How do they develop that? I don't really know. Like we have people all over. They're all different kinds of people. Um, we, you know, and sometimes there's more of them than others. Sometimes they have less and they, you know, we don't, I don't really know. So if it's a service-oriented business, you're going to have receipts that tell you this information. Now, how good is your bookkeeping, right? How good is your record keeping? But you've, you've got to pull a at least a three-month um, set of data that tells you, again, if, if you're service-oriented, did you go to their home to provide that service? Um, did you go to their business to provide that service? What zip codes are they located in? If you are business-to-business, -business, how many employees do they have? 
um, you know, what zip codes are they located in? What kind of services do they offer? What kind of, what, what is their revenue? Like if you, again, if you know that information and if not, you can look that kind of stuff up, you can get a good idea. Um, so you've got to build a profile. You have, nobody else is going to know this for you. So you have to pull the data out of your systems that tell you. Now, if you're more consumer, if you're more consumer driven, again, you've got receipts, you've got credit card receipts, you've got service orders, you've got, um, you know, initial uh, data that they provided so that you could get to them to provide that service, right? So you've, if you don't have that data, you need to start collecting that data today, number one. You've got to come up with a system where you can start to collect that data today. There are, you know, programs out there that you can purchase to do that. You can also just use Excel. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but you do have to start to organize that data in a useful way for yourself. All that being said, you're also, again, if you force yourself as a business owner to think about who walks through the door, you immediately are going to think about those people who don't fit the profile. So it sounds like, uh, oh, you're immediately, so you can your, eliminate your brain is going to go to, oh, but you remember, eliminate. you know, oh, yeah. I had a furniture client once. Interesting. I, I loved having conversations with him. He was a, owned two furniture stores in the community that I lived in. And had a bit had been a business owner for a very long time, but he always would go to he would pick up the phone. I would hear from him at least once a month. Hey, we just had, um, you know, again furniture. What what's the target audience? Women over the age of 40, 45. Again, he had certain lines that we knew were good in certain communities, but. If somebody who was 22 and male walked in the door, I would get a phone call from him and go, hey, you know, Johnny, who's 22, who lives in a town we've never targeted before, just walked in the door. I think that we should talk to more of him. Okay, that's not our target audience. You know, you can't, We again, it's real easy to remember the, the one-offs, the things that aren't. Yeah. So eliminate those from your brain and then go back to, okay, 60% plus of the people who walk through the store or pick up the phone and call me are looking for this service or living in this area or driving this kind of a car. I mean, again, it's not just their, you know, how old they are and where they're from. It's everything about, cause there's so many great targeting tools that you can use on social media, right? From an interest perspective. So if you know that they're, you know, that your target audience drives luxury cars and likes to travel, it might not have anything to do with your business. But if that's their interest, that's one more layer of targeting you can include if it makes sense. The social media platform mm -hmm. would um, depend on your product or your of service, course. right? Exactly. So like... So again, business to business, you're going to be on yeah. LinkedIn, right? But Probably, if yeah. you're more consumer... Bizfluence is a new one. Right, Bizfluence. If you're more consumer driven, more female driven, you might pick, you know, again, if you're... Older. Would I be sexist to say Pinterest? No, I think, again, Pinterest is a great platform, but Instagram is a great platform for women. Data mm. shows that more women okay. are on Instagram than men. Oh. It's getting closer every day. But it's, yeah. And then, again, Facebook, if you skew a little bit older. If that's it's a, working. Right. <laughs> if it's not down. Yeah. But, yeah, so Facebook, if you skew a little bit older, that continues to be a strong platform yeah. for older people, um, older demographics who are, f frankly, more financially stable. You okay. know, my 16 year old's not on Facebook, but my mom is. Yeah. My mom, if she listens to this, can be mad that I just called her older. <laughs> so, well, if, you know, if we're lucky, we're older. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> if not, we're, you know, dead. Exactly. So, so right. you know, my, speaking of my mom, she used to oh. always say that birds of a feather flock together. Yeah. So there's a little. That's an old, she's way older than me. <laughs> that's an Arkansasism for you. But I think it, it's very relevant in business today because if you, if, if your target audience, and again, I'm going to go back to my furniture guy, if your target audience is a 45 year old female, yeah, 
if a hundred of them walked in this month, there are a hundred more out there just like them that just probably either aren't aware of what you offer. Yeah. Or they're or, not ready. Or they're not Goodbye. ready. So let's talk to them right now. So when they're ready, we're ready. We'll to have to wait for our next 500 year flood and they'll, and they'll be lined up at the door. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so let's go back uh, before you go on. I wanted to go back a little bit because the second category, when, and, and you already answered this, if uh, people were listening between the lines, we'll see if you give the same answer. Okay. Um, the second category would be brand new businesses. They have right. no idea who their customers are. Probably. If they're, you know, if they're way at the beginning, where would that person go? Who do you what would want that person do? Who do you want your customer to be? Really? Who do you want them to be? Oh. And then, so that's number one. Who do you want them to that be? That sounds expensive right there. <laughs> well, build that profile, you know, yeah. again, but stick with that profile. Don't, don't get off in the weeds with, you know, again, if that's who you want your customer to be, that's who you want to work with. That's who, then build that profile and let's market to that profile. Secondarily. Right. And pay you, attention to the metrics, right? Yes, exactly. And All secondarily, right. if you, if you're not, you think you know, but you're not really sure who in your who in the marketplace who are your competitors and what are they doing right so again you can you can build a profile based on what you think they're doing excellent okay all right, all right. so, uh, so are, are we on to number three we're on to number three so number one is yeah find your niche yeah own, own your, that space own your space number two is who are you really talking to don't don't get off in, in the weeds with the a's and the z's and the people yeah. who don't fit the basic you know the big 60 yeah. percent number three is be consistent. Oh boy, Key. there's the tough part for many uh, many entrepreneurs, especially us creative ones. Exactly, exactly. So, can we play another game? I love these games. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. you're lucky you're not here for our regular uh, our regular episodes because we have a we have the questions. Oh. And uh, we put you on the hot seat. Oh. And I there's don't know. a coaching question at the end too, so we really really make you work. So basically, you got off easy. So basically, you're saying I'm never coming back because you just scared me away from that. No, it's fun. That's uh, the most fun part. Oh, People okay. love that. All right. Are you kidding me? So I'm putting you on the hot seat. I like that. I get to yeah turn yeah. The table. No, it's, that's fun. I, I love improv. Like I'm that was my it's my favorite thing in the world. Really. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to share with you a slogan. Okay. And you're going to tell me whose slogan it is. Okay. See if these are really like tried and true slogans. I'm old, you know. <laughs> I hope these are old ones. All right. Ready? I stopped watching television years ago. These aren't just on TV. They're okay. everywhere. All right. Ready? Yeah. I'm loving it. Oh, that's the uh, probably one of the newer McDonald's ones. McDonald's. Yeah. Yes. Do you, so newer. How, when do you think that was introduced? I'm loving it. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, just pre-COVID maybe. 2003. Seriously? Seriously. Oh, well, that's interesting. It was a little pre-COVID, just a little. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was pre-COVID, yeah, so I was right there. So you were technically correct. Re yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. See, All oh, right. that's interesting. All right, interesting. Now, how, now, now, I wonder why that is. What, what do you mean, what you wonder why that why is? Why did I think that was newer? Well, because 2003, it definitely is not new. Because it, just because it's been their slogan since 2000, 2003 doesn't mean they've only delivered it to you in one way. Well, yeah, I know, but this is, a, this. I'm going to be thinking about this now. All right. Because this is interesting. But you, I mean, it's about. Like, I'm like you. I, I'm very curious. Yeah. I'm the guy who reads all the, all the plaques and all the little signs right. in the museum. Well, you can look that up. 2003. <laughs> all right. Here's another one. You're going to, you're, you're not right. going to believe me when I tell you the year on this. Okay. All right. Ready? Wait, is the year important? Yeah. Is that part of the it's thing? It's part of the story. Okay. Give, get, let me, let me land the plane. Then you'll yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm very impatient all as right. you can tell. Eat fresh. Eat fresh. Uh, Subway. Yeah, You're well, not, they've been in the news, and that, that that was hard to miss. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, what year do you think that was introduced? Eat fresh. Yeah. Um. 
I feel like they, I feel like that was always it. So I'm going to say like 20 years, 25 years. Longer. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 1965. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ready for another one? Yeah. Melt in your mouth, not in your hand. Melt in your mouth, not in your hand. That would be M&M's. Yes. Uh, that was from the very beginning because so, that's part of, so that was their the selling prospect. Do you remember the year? Or their sell, or their, Wait. um, not their selling prospect. That was their. Guess a year. Come on. Guess a year? Guess a year. Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Um, all right. All right. Oh, all right. I know. I know. Okay. 1941. Oh, you're so close. Two. 1954. Really? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking that I was thinking they came up with that um, during World War II as a way to get chocolate to the servicemen so it wouldn't melt because they used to just be chocolate bars. I'm sharing with you my resources. Okay. Okay. So my sources say 1954. All right. right. I believe it. So the point is. That was an old one. It is an old one. Yeah. They still use it. They still use it. Now, don't you think probably in a boardroom somewhere somebody said, oh, we've been using this for a long time. We should just move on. Yeah. Yeah. It probably came up in conversation regularly. Regularly. Is it time to change yeah. this thing? I mean, an Eat Fresh Subway, they did get away from it for a while. Yeah. But they came back. They did. Because that's what people knew them as. So I, I, what I'm going to share with you, number three, my third tip is key is, you know, consistency is key. Yeah. When you're sick of it, everybody else is probably getting it. <laughs> so that's, you know, again, and this is what I see, I've seen time and time and time time again with local business owners is they're like, Oh, but we've been using that slogan for four years. Okay. Yeah. But people are just now walking in the door and saying it to you. I mean, I literally had that conversation with the car dealer early in my career. He was like, Oh, we've been using this slogan for 14 years is what he said. Cows on the parkway. And I, and I said, yeah. And I said, <laughs> oh my but people are just now walking in and saying, I it love to the you. Millers, but I hate that cows on the Vestal but, Parkway. But you thing. remember it, right? Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> so that's the point is like, oh, you, gosh, again, back to the shiny object Sorry. corner. Sorry, Stop Miller. trying to mimic what others are doing. Yeah. Because you think it's better than what you're doing. If you have, if whatever you're, stick with it, keep delivering it. It doesn't mean it has to be delivered the same way. I'm loving it has been delivered through different jingles and different um, color schemes and different, you know, technologies, but it's still, I'm loving it. In the M&Ms, you know, think about all the different iterations of the M&Ms characters that you've seen. Yeah. They're still saying, melts in your mouth, not in your hand. Yeah. So again, when you when you think, oh, this is too old, this you know, I'm sick of it. I mean, 20 years ago, ex, the experts, whoever they are, said that it took seven touches for your message to break through with an advertise with a with a consumer. Well, that's pretty right? conservative these right. days. But think about all that you're inundated with today. I mean, it's not just your traditional screens anymore. It's all your digital screens as well, right? And so it takes now the experts say it takes anywhere from seventeen to twenty times for your message to break through. Yeah. So you can't just think, oh, we've been doing this for a month. I mean, and again, that's what a lot of small business owners think, oh, we've been doing this for a month. We should move on to something fresh. Oh, yeah, I never, yeah, I don't do that. I, I, yeah, I, I I'm with you. I mean, that's something that I've always um, wondered about too. I think that business owners are pretty impatient with that stuff. And well, because just, you're so in it. And that's what I always tell my clients is like, you're in it. You think about it all the time. 
your consumer, your oh, your client. client, yeah, your client, yeah, yeah, my yeah. clients, yeah. yeah, business owners, gotcha. like I, they're in it all the time. Yeah, they, so they're that's thinking they about think a hundred times it. or more a day, right? Yeah, but their consumers so, are not, right? So you've got to be consistent, and then that they that, probably haven't met their best customer yet, exactly. And the idea of that consistency can play in other things. It's not just about your message; it's also about yeah. about the visuals that are associated with it, about where you're investing your advertising. See, I've dollar. dealt with a lot of this, uh, you know early on in my career, I was a graphic designer and I was doing logo designs and mm-hmm. graphics for print and graphic standards and things like that for companies. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I, I couldn't believe how people would spend money on a logo and then they'd make a sign for their business and they wouldn't, they'd like do something completely different and then they'd get something printed and it wouldn't have the right logo on it. And it's like, right. what are you people doing? Don't you, you know, I mean, it's not my job to educate you necessarily, but you know, I'm, tr- I tried and you didn't listen. Right. Like what else are you screwing up? Right. Right. Gosh. Exactly. So again, that's I, why we have, that's why I have this, 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 these, these bonus episodes. So people pay attention if we try to try to get some of these people. I mean, they're putting their, I've had these, I've had these clients and you probably too. Mm-hmm. Well, you're probably beyond this by now, to be honest, but they put their life savings into their business. Mm-hmm. They've cashed everything in. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, I had a, um, I had a client who was like, um, well, how I'll be very general. Cause I, I may have told the story before. I don't want to, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but it's like talking to the husband, he's buying lots of stuff, right? But mm-hmm. spending his money, a lot of spending, a lot of money. Right. Oh, it's a new business. Great. How long you've been in this business? Oh, I haven't. I did something else. So, well, who is my wife? Okay, good. Oh, how long has your wife been in this business? Oh, whatever. You know, 12 years. Great. Um, what did, did she own another, you know, another facility? No. Oh, uh, how'd she get her experience? Oh, she worked at so-and-so. Oh, okay. What'd she do there? Did she manage? No. Oh, what'd she do? She was an aerobics instructor. Oh, okay. So she's never run a business before? No. Has she had any business training? No. I'm like, Oh, the blood one, it just drained out of my face. Right. Right. (laughs) Years later I saw him. How did you, how's your business going? Oh, and I know it was, Oh God. You know, we only lasted like so-and-so, um, lost all of our money. We almost lost our house, but we didn't Mm -hmm. like, Oh my gosh. Right. (laughs) I, you know, it's, it's sad. Right. And and again, as a lot of business owners get into the business that they're doing because they love it. Yeah. Not because they're good at marketing it. Yeah. And so. Or or anything else, other parts of it. Right. So it's important that, you know, again, you take a step back and think about who do you want to be? Who do you want to talk to? And what message are you going to deliver? And then stick with it and don't get bored. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, you've got to just hammer it home. Doesn't mean you always have to do it the same way. I'm loving it. Been done dozens of ways. Yeah. But you've got to stick with that message and be consistent because again, when you are sick of it, they are finally getting it. All right. So this goes a little bit beyond your one, two, three, you know, advice here, but let's talk, um, and you're a smart woman. Let's talk a little bit more about, you know, what should their message be? You know, where should that message be focused? Uh, you, you said, you know, you said one niche, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what, but what is the foundation for that? What are they communicating? You have to communicate the difference you're going to make for your consumer, for your, for your Okay. Patient, your customer, your client, what are you doing for them? What's the end result for them? How does mm-hmm. this make their life better? How does this change their life? How does this improve their situation? At the end of the day, what is the end result? And that's what you have to communicate. It's fun to have catchy slogans. And if you're McDonald's or Ford, you can do that, right? Because people know that McDonald's is a hamburger joint, right? That's yeah. that's 
Yeah. So they've gotten to the point where they can use I'm loving it. But you've, as a local business owner, at the end of the day, if your name doesn't spell out what you're doing, mm-hmm. um, then your slogan should. If your name spells out what you're doing, then your slogan should spell out what it means to your consumer, to your potential customer. Okay, well, that's interesting. And I'd like to go even go a little deeper. You really have to know your values and what your business is really about, right? It's like, why does your business exist and what good is it doing for humanity? If people understand that with their businesses and it really gives them some solid footing and they can craft their messages. And A specific example would be, you know, a community college. What does a community college do? They offer classes, right? Yeah, on the surface. On the surface, right? right? And, but they offer classes in times, again, it's a community college. It's not a four-year university. It's a community right. college. So it's offering classes for individuals who want to improve their life. It works around the schedules of those who are working or yeah. otherwise engaged in, in responsibilities, adult responsibilities, right? Generally more affordable. Right. So a community college really allows you to, to take control. It allows you to transform your journey. It allows you to change your course, right? Yeah. So that's what a community college is about. Yeah. So that's what you sell. You don't sell a class. Exactly. So yeah. as a business owner, think about, yes, you might be offering, you know, home improvement services or dental services or, um, you know, legal services. But at the end of the day, what do those services really do for your customer? What, yeah. what does it allow them to take charge of or transform? I love it. Yeah, perfect. All right, so we've uh, provided a lot of information that's helping small business owners, aspiring entrepreneurs. There's some gold in what you talked about, and uh, you've summarized it nicely. How about some final words, Stephanie? Some final words? Yeah. You know... I know, let's play... We'll just play a little game this time. Oh, no. Here we go. All right, so uh, I'm a brand new uh, I'm a brand new business owner. Yes. Right? And uh, I know that. Uh, I've heard some great things about Media Brush mm-hmm. and Stephanie, and we're having a cup of coffee. And uh, you're pitching me a little bit. So what do I need to know? What do you need to know about media brush marketing? Yeah. Uh, You know, at the end of the day, I think I shared this already, but, you know, we want to be the internal marketing team member that you don't want to add to payroll. I mean, and, and honestly, so many small businesses need so many aspects of marketing today that it's, it's difficult to find one person who has a strength in all those areas. And that's the bonus of hiring a company like Media Brush Marketing is that I have team members who are focused in specific areas of marketing. That's all they do all day long. And they could do that for your business as well. So that's, that's the value of bringing on a company like ours to your quote, to your team, to your internal team. But if you're in a position as a local business owner where you aren't in the place to be able to invest in that way, um, you know, the, what I would suggest to you is that this has to be an appointment with yourself, just like you have an appointment with potential customers or potential clients. You have to block out an appointment for yourself once a month, once a week, again, depending on where you are in that business plan and say, OK, how am I going to effectively market my business? You've got to take a step back. And it's really hard to do. I mean, time is our greatest um you know, it's our, our greatest gift, right? It's also um, our most valuable commodity. You've got to make that investment in your business. Otherwise, you will find that by the time you start to do this, that by the time you start to focus on your marketing, it's going to be too late. 
So you've got to start from day one. It's what do you to, mean by that, that it's going to be too late? Well, by the time you get to the point where you're like, oh, what are we going to do? We have to get people to walk through the door. I mean, that's when, frankly, the investment's too far gone. Because just because you put something out today yeah. doesn't mean people are going to act tomorrow, right? The bills go, are still coming in, it, but you're not making sales. Is go that back kind of to what that, you're saying? Exactly. And go okay. back to that number of touches. Like, if it's going to take 17, 20 times for somebody to hear about what you're doing or what you're offering. Yeah. Can't say it today yeah. and get them in there tomorrow. Understood. So it's got to be a part of the plan from day one. Okay. How do people get in touch with you? So, can they, if they just have questions, can they talk to you or, or you don't want, you know, no, no, you're I'm, open to it. I'm open to that. Okay. Yeah. I, I, here again. Do you I'm, do phone consultations or I, what's I the do, process do for you? Phone and Zoom consultations with okay. new clients. That doesn't cost anything. Um, you know, and again, after a 30 minute conversation, I can share with you what I think, you know, at a high level, whether or not I think we should take it to the next conversation yeah. and what we could do. Yeah. But if they're in a place where, um, they really just need guidance on what to do next, then I can share that as well, but they can reach out to me through our website, mediabrushmarketing.com or, uh, find us on the socials. If someone is not working with another agency right now. Mm-hmm. They might not have an idea of how much to budget. Right. So, and I know this is a huge, broad thing, but if right. you could, if you could give some ex- arranges with an example, so people can, who are brand new people can kind of get a feel for it. Yeah. So this is something I'm pretty passionate about. I will share with clients whether or not I think. Yeah. Because the, the worst thing you could do is not invest enough. Honestly, it's yeah, just like okay. throwing money away. And so I will share with clients if I think they're not in a place to be able to invest the right amount to get the results that they want. Yeah. Now, if you're if you're willing to baby step into the results, we can baby step into the budget. But, you know, I have some clients who are spending a thousand dollars a month with us. And then I have other clients who are, you know, in the five, ten, multi-thousand dollar range, depending on, again, what medias they're investing in, what platforms they need. Does that to include with. like media buy or is that yes. your, yeah. your, your fees or? Yeah. So that includes everything. That's, oh, yeah. Okay. So we, we don't do retainers. We strictly charge for the services that we're providing. Okay. And so, um, you know, what we do after that 30 minute initial conversation, what I will do is if I think it's right, and I think it's the next, the next step is I will bring back a full plan that spells out for the client exactly, again, what level of of investment I think they need to be at to achieve the goals that they want to achieve. And then I also share with them, like, here's what we're going to do right now, but here's what I think we're looking for in six months or 12 months. So that way they don't not only know what we need to do today, but they know where we're headed, what our next step is. So if they see an opportunity internally where they can take advantage of that next step sooner, they have that on their horizon as well. Okay, that's cool. I like that. Oh, I need to do a breakaway just real quick and give a shout out to Will, Tom, and Nate. They're three young guys who own ParlorCityFurniture.com. Um, they're just killing it over there. And they're now a sponsor of the podcast, which is awesome. They're helping me outfit a new video studio. And I have a, a cool standing desk. It's motorized, goes from seated to standing. There's pre-recorded or pre-programmed positions also. Um, And we're going to be doing some upgrades in the podcast studio too. So they're super motivated, super cool. Uh, They want to help you. They're very excited about their business. They ship globally. You can find out more at ParlorCityFurniture.com. Back to the show. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. I'm I'm not so nervous anymore. Oh, that's good. So, have a great host. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, you're not done yet. Oh, no, I'm not? No. What, well, what else is there? I want you to tell everybody one secret about yourself that nobody else knows yet. That nobody else nobody knows? Nobody knows. This is a big reveal. Maybe maybe not even your husband. No. That would be the best. I'm like such an open book. I don't There's know. There's got to be something in there. Something um, of interest that people find well, interesting. Well, can I tell you something most people don't know? Sure. So I play the violin. Oh, all right. Well, I'm one of the most. See? <laughs> I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's yeah, do you still play? I, I I pull it out on occasion when I'm super stressed. It's Was this like an elementary school? No, You're I in played, the orchestra whether I, you want to be or not? I played all the way through college. I had a college scholarship. And then I played after Now, college. wait a minute. Now, we have to go back to the beginning of this interview. You are a violinist on a college scholarship, which means you're probably pretty good. I, I was decent enough, yeah. Was the scholarship for you to play violin? I played the in, violin and, and yeah, I mean, it was a partial, I didn't, it wasn't full ride, but I. And you, and you, and your major was what? Accounting. And you got a job in? Marketing. Okay. Well, <laughs> where does the violin come in? Um, so my mom made us all play an instrument growing up yeah. and I really wanted to play the cello, but you couldn't carry it on the school bus. Oh. So I ended up playing the violin because that you could carry on the school bus. I think that you need to consider getting a cello and mm-hmm. putting it into the um, the uh, new expanded space. You think so? I think you need to have a little little niche mm-hmm. over there with a cello. Okay. Kind of like you know how there's you know how there's always that odd little space yeah. that's not used for anything. Right. Just just uh, display a cello. You yeah yeah a ch- <laughs> a chair a cello and and uh, a fern. Oh, okay. All, All right. right. And do you need a music stand or is it in I your have, head? I have a music stand. Okay. And a music stand. Yeah. And then at night when everybody's gone, because mm-hmm. you like to be up at late, mm-hmm. you told me, mm-hmm. I want you to go over and play a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm not going to play during the day. I'd like my I think you should. to come back. I think you should. <laughs> and um, and don't, don't videotape it. Okay. Like don't post it. Just do it for Just yourself. do it. I might. You that's a know. challenge too. Oh, okay, that's my challenge. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the challenge. Think about it. So now you know. I play the violin. I love it. I can still play Amazing Grace, but beyond okay. that, I'm not. <laughs> we'll start you know, with that. Beyond that. Stephanie Kromenacker. There okay. we go. Of Media Brush Marketing. Thank you so much. That concludes another episode of Going Boldly. I hope you were entertained and you discovered at least one nugget of wisdom or advice that you can put into action immediately. Or maybe you received some inspiration from today's episode. And I'm certain you know at least one person who needs this podcast. Please share it with them. You might be the important link that will change their life for the better. Subscribing means you will not miss an episode. And it will make it easier for me to schedule guests because I can show them that the audience is growing. So please subscribe. It will benefit us all. Let me know how I can make this show even better. Leave a comment and send me a DM. I read everyone personally, and I do my best to respond to each and every one. As a thank you, I'll be awarding prizes. And to keep you on your toes, the winners will be randomly selected from names I find in the comments, shares, DMs, and from the list of subscribers. Prizes might be Going Boldly merch or products supplied by my guests, or just something random and fun. But you have to comment, share, DM, or subscribe to be eligible to win. A special thanks to Brenna Swanger at Waverly Manor Studios for our great theme music. And finally, thanks for listening. Go boldly, keep at it, and wash your hands.